This podcast contains possible spoilers about comic books and adaptations. You've been warned. Hey Lance, in this episode, we're talking about static. Oh yeah? Yeah, so we got to get all our puns out in the teaser. Puns? Yeah, I mean, you know, so it won't be shocking at all. There it is. Let's just charge right into this comic. It might spark your curiosity. My excitement is surging. It's electric? I mean, let's be a little bit more positive, not negative. I hope this episode isn't short. Or it could be revolting. Okay, I'm done. What? You're done too. Welcome to Comic Book Keepers, where we talk about comic book characters, their history, and their impact on our lives. I'm Chris. And I'm Lance. And today we're talking about Static. Now we're featuring Static as part of our episodes honoring Black History Month, featuring Black characters, creators, and their cultural impact. There will be other episodes featuring Black characters as well, so look out for those. And we're not blind to the fact that we're two white guys talking about Black characters. We can't begin to understand the cultural significance that they have had on everyone that read them. But we love these characters, and we want to educate and be educated about them. And we can't wait to hear what you think as well. So, Static, sometimes referred to as Static Shock. Originally created for Milestone as a founding character, Static was one of the characters incorporated into the DC Universe after Milestone Comics closed. He was created as a modern interpretation of the Spider-Man archetype, a teenage hero of the people, with a more urban origin. Virgil Ovid Hawkins is a metahuman with the power to control electromagnetic phenomena. Virgil is African-American, as was most of the Milestone heroes and creators, representing the diversity of the current culture. Which was important because Milestone was all about representing those characters that were underrepresented in other publishers, which we'll get into in a bit. Yeah, but the other thing is it was inclusive. Like, they didn't just make it for a black audience, they made it for everybody. Static is a comic book geek video gamer, collects Pokemon cards, but also has girl problems, gang problems, school problems, having enough pocket change, and older sister problems. I can definitely relate to that. Uh, Add all that to his secret life as a wisecracking superhero, and you've got a fun, relatable character with flaws. He does it not out of spite or vengeance or because he has a dark brooding secret, but because he feels it's the right thing to do to help the people of his city. He lives in the city of Dakota, attending Ernest Hemingway High School with a lot of his friends. As far as powers, Virgil Hawkins wasn't born with this power, but gained them in an incident that exposed him and others to radioactive chemicals when he was 15 years old. He, along with the others exposed to this event, are nicknamed Bang Babies. And while some are good guys, others took a darker path. 
Static's main power is electromagnetic phenomena generation and manipulation. I'm going to say a lot of big words in this section, so hopefully yeah, I don't mess very, up. Very science-based <laughs> science writing, but there's a reason for that, which we will also get into when we talk about the creators. Absolutely. He can also generate electrostatic force fields, electroreception, electrocommunication, energy absorption, flight via an electrostatic disc plate, and he also has been shown to have regenerative healing, magnetic empowerment, psionic immunity, technopathy, I'm assuming that's communicating with machines, uh, yep. electro, uh, electronics disruption, and manipulation of subatomic particles. In addition to all that, Virgil also has a keen scientific mind and is an expert strategist. Weaknesses include insulators, as shown in his battle with Rubber Band Man, in his animated series, he's also shown to be vulnerable to water, but that hasn't really shown up in the comics. Side note, it's also a common misconception that Static is somehow related to fellow DC hero Black Lightning. They even discuss their difference in The Brave and the Bold, Volume 3, Number 24. Slight differences, similar powers, but, you know, uh, different different origins. And there's there's characters with similar, similar powers all over comicdom. Absolutely. So. I mean, how many speedsters are there? Exactly. <laughs> So that's fine. As long as they kind of have different, you know, writings and the characters are different themselves. It's, yeah. there's, there's room for that. Yeah. Static rides on top of a, like a garbage can lid sometimes. Like he's a little yeah. different from Black, Black Lightning. <laughs> that's what makes him unique. Uh, supporting characters include his parents and older sister, Sharon, his best friend and sometimes romantic interest, Frida Gorin, who learns his secret identity, Rick Stone, Larry Wade, Frida's boyfriend, Chuck, Felix, and Daisy, other students he goes to school with. Through various comics and media appearances, he's been a member of Heroes, which is the name of the group, the Justice League, Teen Titans, Young Justice, the Dark Side Club, the Shadow Cabinet, the Outsiders, and Star Labs. His adversaries list is one of my favorites. Names like Hot Streak, Tarmac, Holocaust, Commando X, Puff, Coil, Snake Fingers, Rift, The Swarm, Dr. Kilgore, Rubber Band Man, Brat-a-tat-tat. <laughs> That's one the of my best. Uh, Prometheus, Run, Jump and Burn, Boombox, Power Fist, Laser Jet, Destrict, and Virus. Jump and Shoot Man. <laughs> uh, it's, it's like, yeah, Jump and Shoot Man. It, it, it's very uh, invincible. Like, and it's, um, oh, yes. In its names, so. it's like they're so fun and kind of silly, and but but I I love them. It's it's great. I love it. Yeah, it's they're they're so good. the The series in general was just it it was so well done, and like the the animated series really played up all of those like fun characters and messed with like their powers and how they looked visually. It, oh, so good. I imagine uh, we'll get into that, but I imagine it's 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 going to translate. You know, it translated well to animation. Very so, well. how did this? Uh, hero have his shocking origin. Uh, <laughs> I, I had to throw one in there. One more pun. Uh, we finished the puns already. Chris. I know. I know. I'm sorry. For that, we go into the archives. Before we even talk about Static, we need to talk about Milestone. Milestone Media created Milestone Comics, which was published and distributed by DC Comics. Founded in 1993. Milestone was forged to tell the stories of underrepresented minorities in American comics. Static was created by a team of African-American artists and writers who were also Milestone Comics founders, Dwayne McDuffie, Dennis Cohen, Michael Davis, and Derek T. Dingle. Additional co-creators include writer Robert Lee Washington III 
and artist Jean-Paul Leon. Now, normally we do a deep dive into each creator's background, but since we have six co-creators here, that might take up the entire episode if we go as deep as we normally do. Two-hour episode. <laughs> yeah. Instead, I'm going to try and hit major career highlight moments and some important facts that are es- essential to understanding how Static came to be. Starting with Dwayne McDuffie, he attended the University of Michigan, where he earned a bachelor's in English and a master's degree in physics. So that's partly why we have all the scientific uh, talk in all throughout Static, is because he legitimately has a master's degree in physics. Makes sense. He became an assistant editor at Marvel following an interview while attending film school at NYU's Tisch School of the Arts. He helped develop Marvel's first superhero trading cards, which is amazing, as well as having his first major work at Marvel under with the title Damage Control, which was about a fictional construction company that specializes in repairing the destruction caused by hero-villain conflicts. Unsatisfied by Marvel's representation and treatment of its black characters, McDuffie submitted a spoof proposal called Teenage Negro Ninja Thrashers, which outlined the stereotypes utilized by the company when portraying African-American characters. Now, I strongly suggest looking that up. You can see you can see the proof that he submitted, and it's pretty powerful. You you get to see all of the tropes and stereotypes that are continuously being used, and he hits them on the head every single time, and you feel the impact, and I think his voice was heard. In 1990, he became a freelance writer and wrote for Marvel, DC, Archie, and Harvey Comics. It was at this time that McDuffie would join forces with fellow comic creators to form Milestone. A couple fun facts. McDuffie's mother's maiden name was Hawkins, so Virgil Hawkins. Following McDuffie's death in 2011, related to complications from heart surgery, comedian and actor Keegan-Michael Key actually discovered that he and McDuffie were biological half-brothers on their father's side. What? Yeah, right? Crazy. How crazy is that? He would go on to help write and later produce the animated series Static Shock, Teen Titans, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, and many more. So basically every single cartoon that I was obsessed with as a kid growing up, he was a part of as either one of the writers or a producer. Now, moving on. Dennis Cohen started his superhero obsession watching reruns of the 1950s George Reeves' Adventures of Superman. So we're going way back. After moving in with his grandparents following the death of his mother, he met fellow future Milestone founder Derek T. Dingle, who introduced him to his very first comic book, which was a copy of New Gods by Jack Kirby. Cohen became an assistant for comic artist and Deathlock creator Rich Buckler as a teenager. His comic career launched in 1980 with his first published works in Weird War Tales 93 for DC Comics. His popularity rose in 1987 as the primary artist for Denny O'Neill's series, The Question. Additional penciling works include Detective Comics, Spectacular Spider-Man, Superman, Flash, Black Panther, and, to kind of bring it full circle, Deathlock. In 1991, Cohen teamed up with McDuffie to work on a comic based on the iconic musician Prince. Two years later, they helped co-found Milestone Comics. In addition to a wide variety of regular and fill-in penciling work, Cohen would go on to work as a producer on the Static Shock animated series become and become vice president of animation at BET, which included the development and production of The Boondocks, one of 
the most popular cartoons that came out at that time. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Now, Michael Davis wrote the advice column for the comic Buyer's Guide in the late 1980s. In 1989, he worked with artist Tim Conrad on the series ETC, or etc., for DC Comics Piranha Press. During the creation of Milestone, Davis and Derek T. Dingle would focus more on the business side of the operation. Derek T. Dingle joined Black Enterprise Magazine in 1983 as an assistant editor and would rise in ranks and would become their senior vice president and editor-in-chief. Static was one of Robert Lee Washington III's earliest works, co-writing the initial 18-issue series of Static. He would later co-create Shadow Cabinet and write various titles for DC Comics. And finally, artist Jean-Paul Leon started work early as a teenager at the age of 16 with a series of black and white illustrations for TSR's Dragon and Dungeon magazines. Yes, nice. Mm -hmm. Bring in Dungeons and Dragons. (laughs) After majoring in illustration at New York's School of Visual Arts, he began working on Dark Horse's series Robocop Prime Suspect, followed up by none other than Static. Static was set in the Dakotaverse, alongside other major milestone titles, Hardware, Icon, and Blood Syndicate. Static One was released in June 1993, with cover art by Dennis Cohen and Jimmy Palmiotti, written by Dwayne McDuffie and Robert L. Washington III, and art by John Paulion and Steve Mitchell. A must-have in your collection if you are looking for comics. Absolutely. But that's not the, uh, the the only first issue of Static, as we're going to find out as we talk about the pull list. What are some essential comics you need if you're if you want to find out more about Static? If you want to read some of Static uh, storylines, let's get into it. Um, there are a lot of kind of starting points you could go to with Static, so let's talk about them, Lance. It's it's best really to start where Static started. So going to the Milestone series. Uh, There were 45 issues of the comic, and if you can find any of them, honestly, pick them up. They are not easy to come by. So if you see those Milestone books, buy them up. Especially right now with the announcement of Milestone returning, they're hot. You can actually find, if you you do find this actually, because it's kind of rare now, there's Static Trial by Fire, which is an out-of-print trade paperback which actually collects the first four issues of the Milestone Static series. So if you see that, buy it up. It's hard to come by. Awesome. And uh, I I would imagine, I know we're going to talk about the animated series a little bit later, but I I would think that a lot of the initial animated series is based on that first 45-issue run, like like some of the characters and stuff like that. Yeah, it is. It draws a lot from that. It the series definitely made it more kid friendly because the the series is it doesn't pull punches. It, oh, it yeah. very much takes you to that those feelings of um there there's racism at the school that he's attending. There's serious bullying. There's yeah. there's gang violence. It it, it is one of those. Yeah. It's yeah. It's it's one of those titles as a comic book that very very much it should be an important thing for kids to read, 
but it, it, it definitely is something that as an adult, you read it and you think, wow, this, like the situations that he's put into, it's, it's, it's sad and difficult. And at times, like you, you just kind of think of the situation and the way the world kind of is presented in this yeah. way. And you, it's, it's rough. What I felt like when I was reading it uh, online, because I, I couldn't find the issues, but you know, I just was reading those early issues is how a major title like, you know, Spider-Man or, you know, Green Lantern or something like that, uh, that did a issue about somebody getting hooked on drugs or, you know, gun violence or whatever. It would be like, well, we're going to do that. And then maybe five years goes by and then we'll do another one. But this was like every issue. There's some it's just it's real life. You know, yeah. this is even though it's a superhero book, it was very real. It, it was not the glossy um, secret identity life that, you know, Clark Kent has. It is like no. this is, you know, this is a kid who lives in a rough neighborhood and 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 um, th- there's bad things going on that that even if he wasn't a superhero, it would just it would just be. You know, it, it, it'd be hard to deal with. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's admirable because of that, you know, and I think it's it's really interesting to read and super important just from a um, from from like from a creator standpoint, bringing characters uh, that were dealing with that kind of stuff um, on a regular basis. Absolutely. Um, and just thinking about all the people that would be like, yeah, I, I read that and I, I can I can relate to that, you know. Mm-hmm. Time goes by, Static comes back in Static Shock, Rebirth of the Cool. So in 2001, um, they did a short kind of mini series, which brings back some of the milestone characters and Static is kind of at the forefront of it. And uh, essentially, Static has retired. He's still a teenager, but it's like a couple of years have gone by. And he's like, yeah, I'm not really doing that superhero thing anymore. And then some events happen where people, some of the bang babies are being kidnapped or they're going missing for some reason. And he's sort of brought back into it from, uh, by, by some of the other milestone characters like hardware and an icon, they come and talk to him and they're like, Hey, we need your help. You know, like you, you need to, you're involved in this. And, and so it was a little hard to get into. Like th- that was when I read, cause I didn't read all of the early milestone issues. So there's a lot of characters. I was like, if I had known who all these people were, I probably would have been like, Oh, there's that guy. (laughs) But, uh um, so it felt a little like, you know, I would have enjoyed it more if I had known more about it. But that being said, as I got, as I just kind of read the story, it's a really fun story. And it's, um, I mean, I'll just, I'll say it cause you know, people that want to get into it. So there's this, uh, there's an, an older hero that everybody admires and they find out that um, all of these heroes that are being taken are essentially this old hero has taken them and using them as a, as a kind of a power source for his powers for like re- rejuvenating his powers. So it, it says a lot about like, you know, don't love your heroes and, and stuff like that. Cause and, and static leads this sort of ragtag group of, you know, people that are left over to be like, Hey, we got to, go in there and try to find all these people and they, they have to rescue them. They have to try to fight off all these, you know, goons and, and they have to try to uh, get this hero who has absorbed all of these other um, kind of enhanced metahumans powers. And he absorbed all these powers 
sort of like rogue, uh, you know, to the max, like um, they have every single power you could think of and they have to try to figure out a way to defeat this guy. And so it's, it's, it's kind of a fun plot just to begin with, um, yeah. mm-hmm. which is, which is really cool. And I was like, Oh, this is fun. So I, it was a little hard to get into at first, but uh, I recommend that if you want like a quick read that kind of focuses on static, it still has that same sort of artistic and writing feel as some of the early books. It's not as flashy as the later DC stuff, but, um, but that's a fun one. If you just want a quick, uh, a quick read for sure. Yeah. What you got next. So the next one is kind of a twofer. So we have the terror Titans, which was a mini series, which has Slade Wilson's daughter, Rose Wilson, AKA Ravager kind of leading this team of, more rough around the edges kind of a a Teen Titan-esque team. And people are being kidnapped and brought to this dark side club, which is basically like a fighting pit arena style thing. And Ravager is taken there and she ends up facing off against Static, who is being kind of mind controlled and manipulated. But the art is fantastic. Static looks super cool. He shows up at the end of issue three, of this little mini series and he's on the cover of issue four and that cover is phenomenal. I, I still need to find it cause I'm, I, it needs to be in my collection. Now the, the important part of this series is that this basically introduces static to the DCU and this happened in 2008. Then shortly after in 2009 in issue 69 of teen Titans static actually joins the teen Titans team. And the the team at that time was a lot of fun. You had uh, members like Aqua Girl, Blue Beetle, Bombshell, Eddie Bloomberg, Kid Eternity, Ms. Martian, and Wonder Girl. So a fantastic lineup. And Static sticks around for quite a while. So that's that's another another run that if you're interested in reading more Static, especially team up uh, team Static, like that's that's a good route to go. Nice. And and I heard I, I was reading articles about, you know, his introduction in the DC universe. And apparently they wanted to bring him into Teen Titans earlier, but but just because of the like legal stuff with Milestone and they were trying to figure out, you know, some stuff with the animated series. And it was like they they couldn't get him in early enough. So they had to kind of figure him out. I think it's interesting, you know, it's like they bring it into this terror titans title and not mm-hmm. he's not part of like teen titans from the get-go so yeah that, that's kind of a cool way to be like ah, oh, you if you have been reading this other book it's it's a surprise first appearance of of by that point i mean this was 2008 so it's after the animated series and there's tons of people that love this character now um you know he's gone through like different iterations so what a what a fun thing for uh readers you know fans of the character to be like oh wow you know he's he's showing up so what happens after that? So after that, we have the uh, New 52 Static Shock series. The New 52. Now, this is going to be awesome, right, Lance? I mean, it's like New 52. You got redesigned characters. Yeah. You got, you know, all of these, all of these, uh-huh. a brand new title yeah, every yeah. week for Chris, a year. Chris, it, it's, it's, it's not great. Uh-huh. It, it's, it's pretty rough. Oh, that's too bad. Uh, then it, this series uh, only lasted eight issues. Um, sadly, the the art again really cool. Static has such great designs. Every single time they switch up his look, I still like his look. 
it it's so cool and what he's able to use as as his uniform or suit and then yeah. which which items he uses the different method of being able to kind of fly on those different kinds of discs like it yeah. he has great like like a great silhouette to his character it's For so sure. cool and, and 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 we should say like his initial design in Milestone, you know, he's wearing a a black hat. You know, he's kind of got this, you know, darker uh, shirt and a mask and 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 kind of a, a coat. You know, it's kind of kind of simple and and but and in the animated series, he has this kind of brighter superhero kind of look to him. He's got like blue and yellow in the jacket, and he's got kind of the goggles and. And and I and the new fifty two when they bring him in he definitely has some of that redesign you know the longer dreadlocks and and the the goggles yeah. and everything like that I think they bring in some of that like they know fans are going to be like we want the one from the from the animated series mm-hmm. absolutely but we also yeah. want that we also want that character that we've been familiar with from the comics I think some people probably you know wanted that as well. So their way they're, they're coming, they kind of bring them together as they give them some, uh, some of the look from the, from the animation, but they're sort of bring in the, some of the greediness from what he had before. So I, I think that was uh, at least the initial concept was cool. The execution of the storyline, uh, unfortunately not as good. No, the, the final issue is, is pretty fun, but the, the rest is it's, it's not what you, it's not one of those stories that's going to like draw you in. You're like, I, I need to read the next issue. But the, the final issue is like a good, it's a good send off because they, they knew it was over. Uh, but uh, we basically can blame Barry Allen for this because, <laughs> uh, because a flashpoint, it, this is why like in this storyline, because of the reality warping of the events of flashpoint, Virgil and his family leave Dakota f- to move to New York and all this other stuff happens. And, Hardware ends up giving Virgil like some more tech and like a modified flying disc and he gets an internship at Star Labs and there's just a lot of stuff going on. But I blame Barry Allen. So this is your fault, Barry. Stop messing with the timelines. Yeah. You know, when you're so fast, you make a lot of mistakes, I guess. But (laughs) Yeah, slow down. Now, I will say it like so that was back in 2011. And we've had a very long dry spell without Static, which is killing me because Static has been one of my favorite characters uh, since the the animated series dropped. I, I'm a yeah. '90s baby, sure, so sure. I my my Saturday mornings or honestly, I don't even remember what time it was on. Yeah. I just remember no, watching every single issue or every single episode. Say, uh, you know, it's not that he doesn't appear in, in DC Comics after that. It's just little bits here and there like yeah he's he's, he's not featured in the main series. yeah he's 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 uh you know shows up in teen titans and helps out with stuff every once in a while but but yeah it's sort of like he's there but he's not featured so but that's gonna change yes some- because luckily in the chaos that was 2020 there there was at dc fandom they announced that milestone was returning we were gonna get Static and Hardware and Blood Syndicate, like we, all these characters are going to be coming back. And they actually released a Milestone Returns Zero issue. Now, the thing that's going to be different, though, is these are going to, it's going to be a digital series. There aren't going to be printed copies of these issues. 
However, right now you can go to dccomics.com and we'll put the link in the information of this episode where you can go and read the Milestone Returns Zero issue. And it is a lot of fun. It it brought me back right to reading those Milestone stories and uh, the, the art, again, phenomenal. The the writing, engaging, and I, I can't wait uh, for Static to come back. And I honestly don't have to wait very long because Static Shock's digital series is scheduled to begin in February of 2021. Nice. And and it should be said, like, the the art in this in the book, what I was kind of surprised at is it's they kind of give it to different people. The first two pages are done by Jim Lee, which is really funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they kind of like switch up who's doing the art and different things. So I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like they're they're making it this thing where like Ryan Benjamin does some, Dennis Cowan does some, um, uh, Koi Pham, uh, like, the, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty fun to see that. So, mm-hmm. the, uh, and, and I like the fact that it's going to be digital. They're kind of embracing like, Hey, we're going to make it so that everybody can, can read this. Yeah. And I'll be all over that. I'll read every single milestone issue. I'll like download it. Let's go digital, <laughs> digital comics. As soon as it's released, I don't have to try and fight for a copy at the store. I'm good. All right. So very soon, uh, when this when this issue comes out, we should be seeing the uh, digital series uh, released. Uh, if if it's not already out by the time this comes out, it should be out shortly. Uh, Lance, do you have any Grail finds for Static? I do. Uh, like I said, I've been I've been a fan of Static for a very long time. I'm not surprised. Yeah. And <laughs> what do you have? That, that's why when we were talking about characters we wanted to do for to honor Black History Month and. Uh, Static was my f- the first suggestion uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> for good reason. He obviously teenager and very very much just just a relatable kid. He going through like difficult stuff, and he was just trying to do his best. But anyway, as far as a grail goes, I a few years ago, or at this point, probably like maybe eight years ago, I was in a uh, like a local comic shop. And I was going through their dollar section and I came across uh, issue 1A and 1B. So the A cover and B cover for Static, the Milestone uh, books. And I had those for, for years. And then I was lucky enough at uh, Phoenix Fan Fusion. I think it was about two years ago at this point now. And Dennis Cohen was at the con. And I ran back home, grabbed my issues of Static, and I had him sign them. Uh, at the convention, and those are two of the most cherished books I have in my collection, just because I oh, Static is awesome. He's such a good <laughs> character. Uh, nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I, that sounds that sounds like a really cool issue to hang on to for sure. Uh, we are going to take a quick little break, and we'll be back shortly. Do your hobbies include comic books, movies, television, and or video games? Are you always behind with the latest news in the world of nerd? Well, look no further than The Oblivion Bar, a nerd culture podcast. Oh, great Scott! Hosted by Chris Hacker and Aaron Knowles, The Oblivion Bar offers a weekly review of all the latest breaking news, in-depth discussions far beyond whether Han shot first, and newsletter section, where you, the listener, send in your questions to be answered live on the show. 
New episodes every Monday, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. I'm just so, so freaking excited! You can also find us on Twitter, at Oblivion Bar Pod. Come join us at the Oblivion Bar Podcast. Hope to see you there. Hey, Chris. Hey. Uh, do you know the best way to support us is to leave a rating and review? I did f- know that. Right? A five-star rating goes a long way on Apple Podcasts, and a review about what you liked in the episode does so much more. We hope you enjoy the show as much as we love making it. We do love making it. And if you want to reach out to us, you can find us on social media in a couple different places. You can find us on Twitter at CBKCast and use the hashtag CBKCast with your what-if ideas, any suggestions or comments or questions about anything we discuss in the show. On Instagram, you can also find us at CBKCast. Comic Book Keepers is hosted by The Geekly Grind. Stop by The Geekly Grind for all things geeky from comics, anime, and manga to board games, video games, RPGs, and more. Take a break from your weekly grind at The Geekly Grind. And don't forget to check out the composer of our theme song, Arcane Anthems. Our good friend Weston makes royalty-free music for tabletop role-playing games, campaigns, streams, and podcasts. Check out his amazing work at Arcane Anthems on Twitter, TikTok, as well as getting all of his music available for free on his Patreon at Arcane Anthems. Arcane Anthems! All right, let's get back to the issue. Special delivery! I had business at the warehouse, and look what I found. Who are you? The name's Static. I put a shock to your system. All right, let's talk about adaptations. Uh, there is some exciting news in, in, in this category for Static. And, of course, there is a big thing that probably what made you love Static, I think, the most, which is the yep. animation animated show. Let's start, actually, with the TV live action, which there wasn't one. But for a brief period of time, there was a announcement in 2014. Warner Brothers said they would be launching a live action show eyeing Jaden Smith and eventually casting him in the role of Static. It would be produced by Reginald Hudlin, but nothing really came of that. Until in the August 2020 fandom, or fandom? Fandom? We'll say fandom. (laughs) Reginald Hudlin again announced that a live-action Static Shock movie is in development with Michael B. Jordan as a producer of the film. Yes, please. that, That is happening. It's in the roster of the DC films. Finally. Now, whether it's related to, you know, the DC universe, like wonder woman and, and you know, the justice league kind of timeline, or if it's sort of a standalone thing that like, yeah, I hope they just make it its own thing. You know, (laughs) just, just make it its own thing. Don't try and make it fit anywhere. Just let it be static. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, if that, if that is true and that actually is happening and that they had made an announcement. So, you know, it's in development and Michael B. Jordan is awesome. And uh, so hopefully that happened. I was excited when they said static was going to get a live action adaptation, but as soon as they brought in Michael B. Jordan, I was all for it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, he's clearly a fan. So obviously we have to talk about the animated series. Yeah. Uh, static, static shock 
in 2000 was adapted for the kids WB, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, which lasted for 52 episodes and four seasons. No small feat. No. It was the first time that an African-American superhero was the title character of their own animated series. He was voiced by Phil Lamar, the amazing Phil Lamar. One of my uh, favorite static. voice actors of all time. Yeah, He's so, so good. good. His, <laughs> if you, if you don't know Phil Lamar's name, just go on IMDb Look up Phil Lamar and just see how many of your favorite characters he has voiced over the years. Because I guarantee you there's a lot. So Static was changed to be more appropriate for – Static was changed to be appropriate for a more younger audience, but still focused on contemporary relevance. He had a wardrobe change, which we kind of talked about from the comics with a blue and yellow coat and flashy yellow goggles. The show also had Virgil's father, Robert, who was a social worker, and his sister, Sharon, who goes to college and is a hospital volunteer. But his mother uh, worked as a paramedic but died from a bullet wound during a riot. Uh, Because of this, Virgil has an intense hatred of guns, which is mentioned several times throughout the show. Uh, Throughout the show, he also has run-ins with various villains, but also teams up with other DC heroes like Green Lantern, Jon Stewart, Batman and Robin, Superman, and eventually even the Justice League. Yeah. So what what is your thoughts? I, I know you could talk about the show, the, the animated show for a long time, but, but oh yeah. What um, was your kind of experience with it? Uh Static Shock was one of my go-to shows. This was what like it was Static Shock and Batman Beyond. Like those were my like two go-tos for for WB shows. Uh Static was one of those characters that I was just fascinated with. And I think I was probably around 10 at the time when the show came out. Oh, gosh. I feel really old now. Yeah. Yeah. I was 10. And I'm <laughs> I, like looking back on now, I was like a really like sheltered kid, like really naive to like serious problems going on in the world, in, including like racism, which was something that the show brought up that like in, in the show, his, his best friend's dad says things that are just really inappropriate and unkind and hurtful. And it made me realize like, oh, wait, people like can dislike other people just based off of like something like that, like skin color. And like, I'm telling you, naive kid, like it, it really, it, it was impactful just because like you see people that were being treated unfairly for something that was just a part of who they were. And uh, and then at the same time, you have this character that is overcoming those obstacles, like by leaps and bounds and being a hero, not for just his community, but for everyone. He he was looking out for everyone that was that was out on the street in his city and just wanted to do good. And that's why that's why Virgil is one of my favorite heroes, period. Yeah, well, I think the thing that is really remarkable about the show is it 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 showed uh, that kids can handle um, topics that are much more about social commentary than I think people give them credit for. Uh, they, they, the creators definitely wanted to address things like racism and gun violence and things like that, that probably were shied away from, you know, and they were like, no, we're going to do it. And people, you know, it, it got a lot of accolades for that and got mm-hmm. nominated for Emmys and, and, um, you know, it, it, it was, uh, it was groundbreaking for that at that time. So, um, 
I mean, it's it's props to them for for being able to like make it work and still make it appealing, but also just not shying away from you know bullying and gun violence and and survivors guilt and gang riots and and like they 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 incorporated all that stuff. Like I didn't, I'll be honest, I didn't watch it. I was kind of. I don't think I had cable during that period of time. So kind of like I was a little older and I was out of college and I was, you know, cable was one of those things I was like, eh, you know, so, so I went through a period where I didn't watch a lot of that stuff. But after the fact, I kind of put two and two together. And I was like, wait, wasn't that the kid from the comic that I saw mm-hmm. back in the early nineties? And why is he so different? You know? And um, so I, I get it now and I wish I had watched that stuff, but I think that probably, you know, a show like that probably opened up animation for other shows like uh, Boondocks or or Avatar, Last Airbender, which which also kind of deals with you know, segregation and, and, you know, uh, cultural appropriation of, of class and everything like that. And, 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 and other shows even after that. I mean, it was um, it was one of those things that you're like, oh, th- this is this this took a lot of leaps where we hadn't seen that before or, or if they did very rarely, like this was just. This was like yeah, part of their state. Yeah, some shows some shows would touch on it for like an episode, whereas Static was one of those things that it 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 kept in the forefront of like mm-hmm. gang violence and bullying and and things that the whole point of what Milestone was it was about representing the underrepresented minorities and about the struggles that they go through. It wasn't just wasn't just the like the rich kid shows or everything's okay. And there's just superheroes and there's just some bad guys. No, this was like a real world setting and it, it didn't shy away from anything. Yeah. So I I think that's awesome. Um, Moving on. So he shows up again in justice league unlimited in an episode called a once in future thing, part two time warped. And it's amazing. It's so yeah. cool. <laughs> oh my gosh. His design is so good. So, uh, you know, if you haven't ever seen justice league, the original justice league, which eventually turns into justice league unlimited, it's an amazing series. It's probably one of my favorite animated shows ever. Mm-hmm. And every episode is kind of like a masterclass in animation. Um, you know, and voice acting, everything, voice acting uh, style, just everything. So anyway, uh, in this episode, uh, static shows up, but he's older He's 65, and due to science, he's still an active member of the league. Uh, he, it takes place around the time of Batman Beyond, so they're kind of referencing that that's part of Justice League Unlimited canon. And he's regarded as one of the greatest heroes to have mm-hmm. ever existed. Yep. Um, it, it's it kind of pays homage to that, and I think like the, some of the current members, like Green Lantern and John Stewart, like they travel forward in time and they they see static and they're like oh i that the last time i saw you you were like super young and, uh-huh. <laughs> and so it's kind of fun to see that uh you know th- that they, they've kind of amped him up amp <laughs> I, I made stop a, it okay. stop with the puns <laughs> it just happened i'm so i'm so sorry <clears throat> i slapping my hand just lost like six listeners <laughs> please come back he also shows up in young justice this time voiced by bryson james this in this show he appears in season two invasion he's more of a guest character in the series never really putting on a costume or officially joining the team although he was invited but due to the storyline and if you haven't seen young justice it's also an amazing show 
he does show up a couple times. And even in season three, it's shown that he's mentoring under black lightning who is helping him hone his electromagnetic powers. So he, he definitely shows up. And I think at one point, you know, you kind of, you see little aspects of his, um, his, his traditional uniform kind of showing up with the little lightning bolt with the circle mm-hmm. and everything. So uh, I think it's cool that they, they bring him in, but he, they sort of bring him in with some other characters saying that that's who it is. Like this, this is Virgil, but it's not, they're not, they're not bringing him in like full on, you know, it's almost like a little, cameo but yeah they, they made a mistake make make him a full-fledged member yeah uh, shockingly uh in as far as animated films the dc animated movie verse um they've made all these animated movies but surprisingly he's he's only in one and it's as a cameo and it's in justice league war it's only his first time in a DC animated movie. There's no speaking parts. He's kind of in the background at one point, but that's it. Like out of all the DC animated movies, there hasn't been any, but I have a feeling that might change, you know, with Mm -hmm. with new new projects and things like that coming out. So I'm hoping it does. I think static is one of the most underutilized characters in comics. Like period. He, he, He doesn't get the recognition that he deserves. And like you said, hopefully that changes very soon. He has shown up in some video games. Uh, initially, the first one was the Game Boy Advanced game based on the animated TV show. I think this was around 2003. He is also a playable character in DC Universe Online. And he was a downloadable player in a, there was some bad pun for this, a downloadable content for Injustice Gods Among Us. It was like <laughs> the shocking, uh, <laughs> the shocking uh, edition or something. It was like him and Black Lightning and, you know somebody else the the thing i wanted to bring up and we kind of mentioned this earlier is is static was brought in kind of initially created as a character that was kind of like a modern interpretation of spider-man right he's a teenager mm-hmm. he's he was brought in as, as like somebody kids could relate to he's kind of you know quipping and he's he's very hip and then he was initially created in the early 90s and then you know the animated show came out in the early 2000s and kind of had a, a little bit of a resurgence now the character's been around for a while um marvel comes out with miles morales mm. right yeah. who is african-american hispanic uh has kind of this shocking you know, he has kind of like a, 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 a shock venom sting or whatever they call it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, not full on electricity manipulation, but just enough. And I'm kind of like, do you think they're kind of paying homage to to static with Miles Morales or, or are they like not even related because it's a different thing? But it, it just I, I wonder if static didn't get as big because when Miles Morales came out, uh, you know, as a character and, and just blew up um, in the in the um, ultimate verse within the 2000s like i'm wondering if if they kind of almost competed for popularity well yeah but miles didn't come out until 2011 so it's like static had like his time to to shine it's just that he's been like like i said he's been so underutilized in in stories that yeah aside from like the surge in 2000 when the show came out like we haven't we haven't had much static and i don't know if that's like licensing issue that was really going on or they there there were plans that they just never got put into practice and things going like there's so many things yeah. in the comic book industry that go on that 
like there's reasons why we don't have certain characters right now. So it's, yeah. it's one of those things where like, I think like you definitely have some strong similarities between miles and static, but I, I think there is very much a place for both of them because oh, they're, yeah. They're, sure. yeah, they're very much different enough. And honestly, I'm hoping that there is another uh, Marvel DC crossover series like we got in the 90s because I would love a Miles Static team up comic and I would also <laughs> yes. I would also love to bring back Amalgam and to have Miles and Static become a single character uh, oh gosh. because uh, I love the weird crossovers so anything that we can get between publishers or like doing amalgam type stories, I am all there for it. But yeah, let's come on, Marvel, come on, DC, let's uh, let's do some more crossovers. <laughs> let's do this. Yeah, I I already sure. have I already have Miles and Static's story in my head. So you, if you want to just let me write it, I'm good with that. Of, of course, you got to take that test. Yeah, I got to take the test. All right, uh, let's do a what if. What? what? All right. So in What If, with each issue, we do what nerds do best. We share our fever dream concepts for the comics that we love. Now, this time, we were thinking, because Static's powers are very much science-based, we were thinking, what science-based superpower... Exactly. What science-based superpower would you want, and what would your name be? So, uh, a Chris... What is your power and superhero name? Okay, so I uh, uh, I don't understand uh, the the deep nature of, of science. <laughs> I wish I understood it better. I understand basic. Well, we concepts. don't have a master's in physics, so yeah, I don't have a master's in physics. But um, but that being said, I understand some basic concepts. So looking at some of the options online, I was like forces of nature and different things like that, and you know, things that are kind of like electromagnetism and, and, and I kind of was looking over different lists and stuff. So the thing that stood out to me that would be kind of fun as a power was friction, um, in the sense that, you know, like two forces causing, you know, opposing, uh, pull and and things like that against each other. Um, and I just, I was like, Ooh, that could be kind of interesting in, in terms of like somebody that can maybe like stop somebody by, by causing friction or cut co- or, uh, causing the reverse friction where just like, there's no friction at all, you know, and like just mm-hmm. changing their ability to move because it's like when you have treads on a tire, you're creating friction. So there's grip and stuff like that. But what if you could kind of manipulate that? What if you could like just skate down the road because you could change the friction of your, uh, shoes or something on, on gravel or something like that. You know, I, I just like different things like that kind of got going yeah. in my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like he or she could move super fast because they could reduce friction where they could also um, almost like stop people in their tracks. They've, as they tried to move, all of a sudden they would like trip on themselves because they all of a sudden have like super friction, <laughs> like how there's like really strong forces that they, they kind of amp it up. So I think that would be mine. And I, I'm just going to be super simple and go with the name friction because it's kind of yeah. fun. It's, it kind of rolls off the tongue. Well, mm-hmm. so Keep that would be my superhero is, uh, is, is, is to be called friction. Yeah, I like it. Uh, mine, I, I, I did the same thing. I was like, what are science-based powers? And I like look stuff up and there's like energy manipulation and all that, all that kind of stuff. And 
I ended up going with uh, like a gravity-based uh, superpower. So uh, immediately, if you are a fan of anime, you'll probably be like, oh, that's pretty much just Gravity Girl from My Hero Academia. So, And, and you're 100% right. <laughs> There's a character. Uh, her name is Ochako Uraraka, and she has the power of gravity. Like She can manipulate things. But So very similar to that character. And I had kind of the same idea about... Uh, like I could reduce the gravity around myself as I'm running, so I'd be able to run faster. Uh, you could increase gravity against villains that are trying to get away, and so it's basically like just pressure is pulling, pushing them down to the earth. So it'd be a lot harder for them to get away. Uh, but the most important thing is that I could reduce gravity on myself enough to where I could moonwalk perfectly. And uh, just, and just, you know, just finally be able the to dance. Well. Thing. Yeah. And, as well as being able to do the uh, the lean all the way forward, but not falling like, on my face. Criminal lean. Yeah, exactly. So right. that that's that was why I wanted to uh, get that power. Basically, you know, like helping out, being a superhero on the side, but no, just being like a really good dancer. Like he yeah. could do right. if I could do like break dancing and do like a perfect coin drop and oh, like yeah. not break my neck. That'd be pretty great. What would your name be? I struggled with making the name, so I'll just go with Gravitas. <laughs> uh, yeah, love yep. it. Yep. I was gonna say like zero G's or, <laughs> um, but yeah, Gravitas. Well, is, well if is- if I am becoming like a a b-boy kind of like dancer like zero g would probably be a good name so sure let's go with that no no i I think you got to go with gravitas okay (laughs) that's that's so good (laughs) well it depends on the design we'll we'll keep it open let us know what you think uh send send us a tweet on our twitter or instagram and let us know with the hashtag cbk cast what would your science-based power be and what would be your awesome name and also what do you think uh, of Lance's names for his gravity-based character? Should it be Zero G or Gravitas? Uh, that's that we want to hear. What we'll put up a thinks. poll. Yeah, we'll put up a poll. Um, so it's time to close the book on static. It's been a fun issue, and again, uh, we want to remind people that we will be doing other black characters for um, in, to honor and celebrate Black History Month. So stay tuned for those in future episodes. Until next time, this is Chris and Lance. Reminding you to keep your friends close, but your comic books closer. Shocking. Oh, darn. I did it again. Sorry. (laughs) Bye. I had to throw in one more. Yeah, I figured you would.